All right. So what do you do when you feel like you're running on empty? You've pushed through time and time again, and you're at your limits. Well, if you're lucky enough to know this woman, you call her. Today on a powerful episode of The Brew, we're speaking with Nat Martin, a transformation coach, speaker. She shares with us not only how we take the steps to transforming our own lives, but shares her own life experiences and how despite the obstacles she's been through, she has become a successful entrepreneur, author, coach, and most proudly being the mother that she is today. episode um for everybody listening this is going to be an, a special one um just everything that i've been hearing of social media seeing this is going to be so exciting for you to hear this it is such an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show nat thank you for being here yes um there's really so much that we could get into but because of your book release I just want to ask about bouncing back from any setback, right? Um, how, how did you come to that? How do you help people with that? And just, because it's so crucial right now, I feel. I feel like there's a lot of setbacks. Um, so can you just tell us more about that? Uh, okay, well, first, I'm Nat Martin. So I am a transformation coach and speaker. And uh, one of the things that we're talking about is my ebook is called The Power of Resilience. And it's uh, how to bounce back from any setback. And so what I've learned was that we all, we're all taught to go to school and go to college and take this class and everything. But nobody really taught us the game of life. And so life comes and it hits. And sometimes for some of us, it hits really hard. And for me in my life, I've had so many obstacles from serving in the military. I had life challenges where my life was um, you know, at risk. And then I've had obstacles in my family where I've lost multiple people in a very short period of time, suddenly. And then I had life challenges where I had medical uh, situations where my livelihood was at stake. And so no one gave me the playbook on saying, well, when this happens, you do this, or when that happens, you do this. And it was like, okay, so what do you do? Most people shut down. Mm -hmm. Most people cry. Most people either turn to people that they're closest to, that's like right there around them. And some of those people, they don't know what to do. So I chose to not get stuck because sometimes when that happens, people will just embrace the moment and they'll just stay there. And I'm like, okay, this can't just be it. This can't be my life. This cannot, like it has to, I have to get over this. Like, even though when it happens, it feels like the impossible, but I just had to pull myself up and say, no, I got to push through this. So when I created this book is for those people that they feel like their back is to the wall. They feel like they're alone. They feel like no one understands. They feel like, how am I gonna get through this? So mm -hmm. I tell my story so people can understand like, you know what, I made it through. Doesn't mean that life's not gonna come at me again, but I made it through that one. Let's see what else it got for me and I'm gonna help you make it through too. Love it. Yes, definitely love it. So let's kind of like start from the beginning of everything, like how the entrepreneurial life started, you know, from when you were, like, we're not going to say kid, baby or anything, but we're going to say the mindset. Um, I know you were back in the, the military. Kind of just give us the your whole life and to how you got into it now. Some snapshots. So the snapshot, so honestly, it did start as a kid. Like that. That's a, that's a real thing. I believe everything that we're doing today in our adult lives, it all started from one, a vision. Mm -hmm. And the main thing that we do as children is we dream. 
we we have imagination we play you know it's like oh this is my imaginary friend or this is you know we play dress up and what people don't realize is that we as a as a child we're dressing up for what we see that we're going to be so as a kid i used to (laughs) sounds crazy but i used to line up all my doll babies and my my gi joes because i was a tomboy so i had cabbage back kids barbies gi joes and transformers and they all will be in class and i'll be speaking so i was always in front of the room speaking or teaching and so now here i am fast forward to adulthood and transition out to the military it was always something i knew i was going to do i just didn't know how mm. and so as far as the entrepreneur world i come from newark new jersey and um it's the hood <laughs> and so growing up um my family kind of protected me a little bit from the hood so i was allowed to only sit, sit on my porch and every day i got like a new movie to watch and watching my movie through my lens was crime drug dealers um a lot of things happening right in an urban environment and so watching what i saw through my lens as a young girl was i saw people trying to make make a way out whether they were doing it the right way or not i watched that and that is kind of the first step of entrepreneurship I seen someone taking something and trying to make a a way out of it on their own. Mm. And so I did the same thing. So as a kid, I went and got candy bars and I got me a little pitch and my brother would have to be with me and I would go sell candy bars Mm. and I made a killing. Like, I, (laughs) I mean, I really made a killing and we would go to the suburb areas as well and I really like, I would, you know, dress, put my little dress on, have my little pink bows. And I started then. So again, um, entrepreneurship has always been in my mindset. I just didn't know that word back then. I didn't know that I was going to have my own business because I didn't see anybody around me besides the drug dealers in front of me. <laughs> uh, I didn't see anybody else in my family owning their own business or having ownership at all. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I graduate high school, go to United States Air Force. I live all around the world in different countries. Um, and throughout my 20 year career, I always had something else besides my main job in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. So I've done it all from health and wellness, from financial literacy, from um, I'm a certified massage therapist. Like I always had the the mindset that if it was something I wanted to learn, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it going to hurt you? You know? And so I would do it. And I, I remember someone saying, you always doing everything. And I'm like, well, you always doing nothing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I might as well do something rather than do nothing. Right. So, um, but each opportunity kind of built and opened up doors for the next opportunity. Mm. So I'm like so grateful I, I was like that, you know, because now here I am retiring, transitioning, um, full-time entrepreneurship now. Now it, it's still a scary decision, but it's not as scary as if I would have never took on any of those other challenges before. Mm. Can you explain more like let's say your first your first side hustle or your first business like did that happen like organically like people were just started coming to you for something or did you intentionally decide from the get-go hey I'm gonna start a business and try to run it um let me see the first one well the first one was the candy but (laughs) first adult life (laughs) okay my adult life let me see my adult life I'm trying to think because I joined the Air Force. I was a, so I was, I'm an athlete as well. So when I first joined the Air Force, I played basketball. I traveled and played basketball for the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always either working or playing sports. Um, and then I'm trying to think of the official first one. I want to say official, like serious mindset about it was um, Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. I sold Mary Kay. Now, the interest, interesting part about this is that I didn't seek it out. It sought me out. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. And so when I um, was approached to sell this product, I didn't even wear makeup. Mm. Again, I just told you I was an athlete. I'm a tomboy. I wear lip gloss and put a little eyeshadow. That was it. That's, that was all you could get from that morning. It was like, look, she got her lip gloss. And so when they asked me to do this, I was like, I don't even wear makeup. I, I don't can't sell makeup. I don't even know nothing about makeup, right? And so I, um, the lady said, I think you'll be great. I said, okay, well, can you teach me? Because again, I like to learn. And I said, well, tell me, you know, teach me. And at the moment in my life, when that came to me, I was going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so financially, I needed a miracle is what the financial advisor told me. I had, <laughs> <laughs> literally, I took on the house, everything. And I was like, okay, am I good? And he told me I need a miracle. I was like, okay, well, let me go get my miracle. And so when she told me the products and stuff, my brain was like, okay, my core value system is that I operate integrity first. And that's the core values mm -hmm. of the Air Force. Integrity first, service, service before self, excellence, and all we do. And that's kind of how I operate in my life. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want to sell this to people and tell them I wear makeup because I don't, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? Well, common sense told me, just sell what you would use. Oh, okay. Lip gloss. I'm going to sell a lip gloss. <laughs> and, so, and so I did that. And so um, I was killing it in sales. I had no idea what I was doing. And then this lady pulled up to my house with a pink Cadillac. And I love pink. It's my favorite color. <laughs> and I was like, I want that car. How do I get that? And she was like, I guess she seen that I was killing it in the sales. And she wanted to mentor me. And so here comes this lady who has this pink Cadillac. She does not look like me. And she has horses in her house. And I'm like, oh, I am, <laughs> I, I'm about to be, I'm about to take over. And she taught me my first door-to-door sales. Oh. And she taught me that she, I actually have a book. She gave me the book about Mary Kay Ash and how she had a vision and what she did. And she taught me that Mary Kay Ash does not sell makeup. And so she said, you're absolutely right. You don't sell makeup. And I was like, yeah, I know that because I don't wear it. So what do I sell? <laughs> it was skincare. Mm -hmm. And that's when it was game changing for me. And I got serious and was like, okay. And I started, because again, my skin was flawed. Like people were always asking about my skin. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, oh, I, I don't wear the makeup. That's just accessory. Mm -hmm. It was the skincare. And so I started honing in and learning more about the skincare and using again what what do i use it was the skincare products and the lip gloss mm. and so i just focused in on that and i did really well and the only reason i had stopped is because it became a conflict of interest with my main job in the military mm -hmm. so it was like okay i became a recruiter in the air force and it was like these hours this being a recruiter is the second phase of it's running your own business yeah. So I had to, um, I had to stop it so that I can hone in on my new venture of being a recruiter for the Air Force. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. There's so, so much there. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. So I, I just wanted to ask, like, was it this moment when you found out this was your strengths and passions with sales? And then you kind of just like everything else is going to be part of the sales opportunity that I get into. Um, no, because so I didn't even still think at that moment that I was gifted in sales. Like I just thought like, oh, okay, she's teaching me some stuff. And like, I just, I'm very creative. I'm a creator. So um, everything I do is always like, I always want more. I want to do more. I want to learn more. So when I get involved in any, any venture or any project, it always starts with something I'm interested in. Mm. So it's like, oh, well, this is cool. Like, all right. And then, then it's like, okay, what about this is how do i make it net you know so when um so when i was doing the the mary Kay, i wanted more so i actually started my own business with massage therapy and then i incorporated the two so i went to school for massage therapy for a whole year right after having my son and six days a week 
And when I graduated, everybody was like, okay, so where are you working? And I was like, working? I'm not working for nobody. I just needed to know how to do it so I can start my own business. Mm. And so it was always, I like to know the how. Mm -hmm. So in case all my employees run out, I still know how to do it. And so, um, so then I incorporated the facials of the skincare into my massage therapy business. So um, it wasn't about the sales. The, the, the impact for me is like just helping someone. So it was like, okay, if I can help someone with their skin, because again, as women, our face, our hair, you know, we live in a superficial world. And if there's someone that's suffering and I can say, hey, this can help you, then it's great. So then the money coming in, that's awesome, but it doesn't, I'm not leading it with the intent of a sale. Mm. Got it, got it. So the, the book is called the power of resilience. Yes. Uh, can you kind of bring us into how it got to that, how you got that title? And, and how then... we get, went from Mary Kay to <laughs> <laughs> the power of resilience. So from there, I told you guys, I started to become an Air Force recruiter. Mm -hmm. And um, and doing that, basically, they give you a cell phone, a laptop, a car, and an office. And they put me in the middle of nowhere. I knew no one. Um, didn't even have a military installation. My supervisor was about an uh, hour away and the rest of the military members about three hours away from me. So here I am feeling like a needle in a haystack and it's like, you have to go find people and put them in. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how? I have to set up my business, right? So I started really honing in on that. And as I started learning um, my business and trying to set it up, <laughs> It's not for the week. It's the same thing as being a full-time entrepreneur. So at that moment, I had to send my son away because the hours that I needed to put in and I didn't have the support or know anybody, I was like, okay, this is difficult. So um, I've only had to send my, be away from my son one time before then. And that was when I deployed overseas for the military. And I became a recruiter so that I wouldn't have to deploy and leave my son. So when I sent him away to his grandmother's um, to take care of him while I set up my business, um, that was kind of a, a shocker for me, especially being a new mom, a young mom. Um, it, it was like, okay, I can get through this. But I was worried about my baby because I'm like, he's all the way down there. Like, I can't see him, touch him, feel him. So that was kind of one step of me realizing that, okay, you're a little, you have some resilience. Like we didn't really use that word or that terminology back then, but that was the first time I was like, okay, I can get through this. Let me just focus here. We going, I'm gonna get this done so I can go back and get my baby, right? Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. But throughout the years after that, life happened so fast. And then it kept happening that I was like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. So 2013, got a phone call. Um, I, I wish this call on no one in their whole life, but I got a phone call um, that my younger sister was murdered. And when I got that call, I had just came in from the gym and literally was about to take, like eat my, my next meal. And I just, my whole body was paralyzed and I just couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. Cause I'm like, what just happened? Right. And so I sat there waiting. So the first phone call was that my sister was sad. So I called some people and I'm in Pennsylvania. My family's in New Jersey. So I'm calling some people. I'm like, I need to know what's happening. I need to know what's happening. And so I'm sitting here waiting for the next phone call. And when I got the next phone call, she was gone. Mm -hmm. So I sat there. I don't even know how long I sat there. Honestly, I don't, the, the, the time, it was like a time lapse. Um, but I know when I came back to, I put some stuff in the back and I got in the road because I was on a mission. And so I got in the road to get back to New Jersey. That time frame changed and altered my life. And it, it, it's not that I've had experiences before that was heavy hidden that altered and changed me. But during that time, what I realized is that I had to show up for my family and when I got home, I mean, it was a very devastating, you know, um, thing that was happening. 
but everyone was looking to me to be the strong one. And I was, I got home and I went straight to it. You know, I never planned the funeral before. It's my first time, but I didn't have to ask questions. I'm the next of kin. Her dad's deceased. My mom was in a hospital. My older brother was shut down. It's on me. So I can't shut down because in my mind, I don't have an option to. I got to get it done. All right. So I just started going, getting it done. Then within two months, my mother passed. Mm. And so it's like, okay, Lord, what are you doing to me? And it was just, I just felt like I, I, I had no control of life. Mm. So I kind of, after my mom, I kind of went into like an isolation. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to speak to anybody. I just wanted to stay at home. I, I just wanted to stay alone, be alone and just be with my son. And then even with work, my supervisor was so concerned because I was like, not, I didn't want, I, I can't, I'm a recruiter. So I got to talk to people and I'll come in the office and he's like, I need you in the office. Okay. And I'll come and I'll sit there. He's like, Matt, you said you need me here. I'm here. I, I'm not talking to anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I came in my office one day and it was all of these cards on my desk. And I was like, who put something on my desk? Cause I had a rule, like don't put stuff on my desk. So I started reading them and I was like, wow. I remembered at that moment, it wasn't about me. The cards were from all of my applicants that I was putting in the Air Force. And they all put messages on those cards. And I'm like, okay, I have to show back up because I have people attached to me. They need me. So I got out, again, I had to pull my reserves. So sometimes people think resiliency is just you pulling yourself up. Mm -hmm. I had the strength to keep showing up even though I wasn't operating in my full self. But those cards was the extra reserve that said, okay, girl, we, we, we need you. We want you. They're concerned. They love me. They care about me. And so that's when I was like, all right, I got to make sure that I do what I'm supposed to do because I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, we can't turn, turn back the hands of time. So I have to make sure each second, each moment, each day, I'm showing up from that moment. I go back to that every time a life obstacle happened and many more happened, like so many more happened after that, where it's like, okay, here we go again. And, you know, it's, it's just, I had to pull. So when I came up with the title of that book, it was like to one, let people know you have the power, like there's power and resilience. And it's not just a word that it's just wordplay. And then it's, I put the how to bounce back from any setback because the setbacks are going to come. Everybody gets pushed or you fall or something's going to happen. It can be this little or it could be this big, right? But how people respond is always different. And so I tell people, don't judge people because they might have you know, chipped their nail and they're like, they're acting a fool over a chip nail. That may be the worst thing for them. You know, so if that they have to learn through that chip nail and then, you know, unfortunately, my chip nails are really big, you know, so it's like, OK, well, here we go again. But through each obstacle, I learned that hmm, it's like a charge up. My power was getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, hmm, I have a lot of power and I didn't know it until like sitting back and listening to people tell me like, how did, I would have never, cause you have to listen to people's comments. They'll say, I would have never made it through that. Or how did, how did you make it through that? And it's like, so when I hear people say that, they're not understanding that they do, they too have the same power. They just haven't tapped in the reserves. So that's why I want my book to let people know you do have the power. You have to understand that you have the power to get through anything, but Resiliency only shows up when trauma, pain, or some type of obstacle presents itself. That's when you'll know your true grit and your, your true um, level of resiliency. Gotcha. Wow. Your story, oh my God. 
man, I mean, just thinking about how hard that hits people. Um, it, a lot of people can't bounce back from that. Right. At all. And I guess just kind of going off of that, what kind of advice would you give at, at least, well, give anybody that has gone through anything like that, something small or big? Um, I would just tell them, like, some of the things that um, a lot of people do, it's like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, all of that. I, I cringe when I hear that because no one wants to hear that. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, like, yeah, it's going to be okay, but they don't feel like it's going to be okay. So I always tell people, like, one, if you're the person that's there and you're around or you're close to someone that's going through life, mm -hmm. be a great listener. Like, be a great active listener, meaning that this isn't the time to tell them what they should have, could have, would have been. Like, they don't need to hear that. They need, sometimes people just need to let it out. Yeah. And they don't have a soundboard. So I always tell people for, the, for if you're connected to someone that's going through, be a great listener. Um, and only offer advice or suggest if they ask for it. Mm -hmm. Because now they're just, you know, they're probably beating themselves down you know whatever the situation is is like they don't want to feel like they're being talked at or talked to they just want to feel like someone is listening and sometimes they need to get it out of here mm -hmm. so that it can just clear up some some so they have some clarity mm -hmm. um and then if you're the person that's going through it um i always tell them this one pray pray i'm not super religious i'm more spiritual but everyone has a it's, you're not you didn't put yourself here there's a higher being for everybody whatever you believe i always tell people this is the time where you got to get still not still and isolate where you're totally blocking everybody out but you got to get still and you got to pray for strength so not pray lord please take this situation away no mm -hmm. No, because that pain, that situation, it's going to birth the beast out of you. Mm -hmm. So you pray for the strength to get me through. Pray for the resources to come in my life to get me through. Because the obstacle, the, the challenge, the whatever you want to call it, that is important. It Without any of the obstacles I've been through, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I don't ever, I don't ever pray the pain away. I pray for the strength to endure. I pray I pray for the strength and the stamina to, to push through. I pray for the per perseverance. And so um, to tell people, how do you get through it? Like, how do you prepare for this, right? Like, what's some tips? Like, I don't want nothing bad to happen to me, but in case, mm -hmm. then you practice building up your mental muscle, your resiliency muscle by learning yourself mm -hmm. and understanding when small things happen. How do you respond? How do you react? That's you really flexing it and building it up. So that way, when the major and big things happen, it's like, okay, okay. And you don't go off the handle or you don't shut down immediately because you already been flexing some of the smaller muscles. So now they're going to tap in. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it goes to that. Uh, I've been reading a book called Hung by the Tongue. Mm. And it's pretty much you got to speak it. And that goes with the prayer. You, you're getting it out that you need that strength to keep going. Um, so I, I definitely love what you're saying. Uh, it's, it, it starts with the thought and then mm -hmm. it has to be spoken. So whatever, whenever you're asking, you have to ask what you need. Right. What to get past. If you, don't, if you don't ask, you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. And so we forget those things because we get caught up in life. You know, everybody get caught up and we got to get this done. We got to do that. You know, it, everything gets caught up. And that's why I say the first thing, like when things start getting a little haywire for me, I'm like, okay, hold up. Like, like yesterday I told you guys, I was like, I just needed to rest. I needed to just be still. Mm -hmm. Like I was getting calls, like come downtown Atlanta. This, Yeah, I couldn't do that. I needed to be still. I needed to, <laughs> I needed to just, you know, rest. And, and I was like, dang, I got a lot I'm supposed to do. But sometimes we got to put that stuff on pause because you need the clarity because one, you want to make sure um, you bounce back the right way. Mm -hmm. 
because another thing is um sometimes people go through a cycle and like you ever have a person you're like dang they always got something going on with them or this and that right yeah and that can be without it can be two things i always tell people decisions of today affect tomorrow Mm-hmm. So we make some bad decisions today. We're gonna we're gonna reap that tomorrow. We're gonna you have to live it, right? Yep. But what I also know is that with my lineage and my my uh, uh, I know that there are generational curses, and I know that there's mm-hmm. many of them that need to be broken, and I am the one. I am the chosen one. I am the one, and so I have broke many, but there's more to come. And so sometimes things that happen, if we don't make the right decisions, then it's going to be repeat. And I tell somebody, if something keeps happening and you're like, well, this, this happened again. And if I hear that, I say, well, what was the lesson from the last time? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I don't know. Well, it's going to happen again. It's going to keep happening because you did not get the lesson. So you didn't grow through it. You just went through it. You, you know, a lot of people say, I'm going through this. Well, you're going to keep going through it unless you grow through it. And so I choose, that's why I said the be still method. It's like, wait a minute. I don't want to keep, I don't want to repeat this again. So what did I, what did I do last time? And what can I do better this time? Mm-hmm. And even then you might still make, you know, you might still yeah, make the bad decision, <laughs> but you got to grow. Let's make a different, you know, let's do a different approach this time. Make that last approach didn't work. Okay, that didn't work. It led me back to the same, you know, position. Let me do something different and let's see how it go. And you don't know how it's going to work out until you do it. So, Nat, I have an, another question that I was thinking about when you were talking about you had all these distractions, you were able just to silence yourself from mm-hmm. it. How do, how do people do that? You know, being able to silence everything because you got social media you got friends you got everything coming at you notifications on your phone <laughs> daily <laughs> right you just get past that all those distractions to find yourself you know where somebody is going through it or they just need to be quiet and just listen so multiple ways one that notification thing that's a that's a real thing especially for someone like me i i have ocd and i feel like you know like sometimes i feel like i'm like do i have adhd too like i'll see it oh gotta go to it but that's how they programmed us with these these smartphones and stuff i actually went in my phone i turned off all my notifications it sucks at times because i have telegram i have social media i have messages mail like it I had to turn them off and then I have to schedule a time. I do put me a reminder, like mm-hmm. go check this app. So mm-hmm. if there's any information, but it was becoming too much for me. And so I, um, yeah, I turned them off. I turned all notifications where you go into your phone and the banner, the lock screen, like, cause it's like three different ways. They yeah. go, oh, I'm like, hey, I didn't even know. I'm like, they trying to get you. They're like, you going to pay attention. So. Um, so that's what I did with that. And that has actually helped me be a little bit more productive in my day because you could be working, you could be laser focused and that notification or that ping to come. And now you done got sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, let me just say this, everybody that uh, is listening, if you need to know how to turn your notifications off, <laughs> you hit your settings, go to notifications, just turn them off. There you go. All right. All right. There you go. <laughs> the other thing is scheduling. Scheduling time for you. Mm-hmm. Everybody know, I, like, so for people that's still working um, a nine to five, they're like, okay, I got to be work at nine o'clock, right? So they already know I got to get up at this time, get ready, you know, the traffic, I got to get there. For the people that's entrepreneurs, got to make our own schedule, mm-hmm. but you still need to schedule as if you are, you're the boss of you. So you can't just like, oh, I just kind of, no, you have to schedule that time but okay i'm gonna work on you know calls at this time i'm gonna um take clients at this time i'm going to go to this meeting whatever right but between both of them entrepreneur or non-fiber you still have to schedule that time for you so if it's the 30 minutes or to the hour before you have to prep for work or business then you need to schedule that time for you um i have a um what i do with my clients is um 
I have them count the 24 hours in their day. Count the 24 hours in your day. And I'll break it down in 15 minute increments. Mm. And then that way, because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time. Well, let's see what you're doing with your time. Mm-hmm. And so I break it down with the 15 minute increments. And then I'm like, and every time I'm like, well, when did you tune into you? Mm-hmm. When did you get to you? Like, when did you, when did you meditate? When did you pray? When did you just have a moment to sit still? Like you on go mode, like you're, you're gonna, you're not a robot. You're gonna, you're gonna shut down. And then that's when, you know, um, mistakes are made because you don't have a moment. So, uh, I tell people to schedule, they can get with a coach, you know, get with someone to help them, you know, hold them accountable or hold them, uh, help them realize these things so that they can put practices in place. And so those are ways that people can, um, kind of initiate and, and implement these type of things but they have to be intentional about it they have to like first identify hmm i kind of do need some accountability or hmm, i kind of do need a coach right i kind of need some help with that because just that one task i had a client that like i don't want to do this this is this is so like i need i need bigger stuff and i was like yeah i might not be the coach for you because i don't go big first i appreciate i know that it takes small steps to achieve big goals so if you want to just attack the big goal i know that there's probably bad habits that's taking place that's that's hindering you from reaching the bigger goal Mm -hmm. so um i don't do the microwave fix you know i i I was born in a different era i you know i I had the am my 80s baby so you know we we didn't have an instant you know boom here you go you know so can you tell us more about your coaching um as far as your goals with your clients are they business oriented more personal how do you go about um you know tackling those obstacles so it's both personal and professional growth and so um what I do, I really hound in on leadership development and what, what that looks like is that I've been doing it already for the military for years. I've developed teams so I can come into an organization and help them with team dynamics, uh, leadership growth. And then I can also have individual where I still do group coaching for individuals. But in that, I always found that if I just say, I'm going to help you with your business, personal if personal um development is not in alignment it's going to bleed into business and so what i do is when i do the assessment then we kind of hone in on the goals so i teach smart goals and so when i'm identifying the smart goals i always have smart goals for your personal and smart goals for your professional side and sometimes they either mirror or they kind of bleed into each other and I work on the different tools and resources they need to get to that goal. So I don't, I don't um, separate per se mm-hmm. because they kind of bleed in together. Um, so what keeps you going at this point? You've been, you've had so much experience going through your different businesses, and um, you're here at coaching now, an author. So what keeps you going um, at this point? What's your biggest why? So you know i had a moment where so i'll I'll be very transparent so when the air force um decided that it was time for me to retire because i didn't want to move again i've moved Mm -hmm. so many times i didn't want to move again and to well it wasn't really the move to move i would have had to give a lot more time and Mm -hmm. i didn't want to go over the designated time that i said i wanted to go to so when I declined is when they said, okay, well, you have to retire and you have five months. And I'm like, oh, that's what you're going to do to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had a moment where it hit me hard and I didn't understand what my purpose was. Like I felt devastated. I felt um, lost. I felt like I was hurt. My feelings was hurt. I was like, what am I supposed to do now? You know? And I had to sit still, like I had to sit still for a month. Like it it was like a whole month where I was like, what is going on? And even my mentor, he was like, cause I told him, I was like, I feel like I'm losing my purpose. And he was like, no, 
the Air Force does not define you. It did not make you. It does not define you. But to have someone that I had reached such a level of success, I had hundreds of people that I'm leading and I'm the go-to person. And then it's like, you want to go start over in entrepreneur world? No one really knows your name. And it's like, ah, I was like, I got to yeah. do what? <laughs> I don't do that. And so I was like, that's not cool. Like, I don't like this. And that's when I had, I had to get uncomfortable. Like, okay, we're going to do this. Okay. What's the driving force? I had to re-identify my why. Mm-hmm. Because in the Air Force, my why was to get to retirement. My why was to show people that people like me, I'm a single woman, uh, a Black young woman, I can get to retirement because people told me I couldn't. Mm -hmm. From the day I enlisted, people told me I would never make it. People said, good luck. And then especially, I'm very direct and um, um, boisterous. They're like, oh, she's going to get kicked out. Or, you know, they told me everything. Like they did, like it was crazy. And I'm like, why, why do people care? Like, wh- what did I do to you? You know, like, <laughs> I don't even know you. Like, people I don't even know, right? So I said, okay. So that was the goal, like, be the best that I can be in any field of work that I did for the Air Force. My goal was to retire and to show my son, like, you know, we can do this. Mm-hmm. So now I was like, well, I did it. So now what? Mm-hmm. So now the why I had to, I had to go back to my why. And the other part was for my family. So like I told you, like my parents, my, my dad's gone too. So my parents is gone. My siblings gone. Um, I've lost a lot of people in my family. So I was like, well, that was my why. It was like for me to get on so I can go back and, you know, provide for my family. And I'm like, well, that's not it no more. Mm-hmm. So now it's not about me. It's really for me to finally be free and to show people that you can live in your purpose. And so now my why, well, I'm on assignment. I tell people I'm on assignment Mm -hmm. and God wants me to help people. I want to help people, but he placed it on my heart that I'm gonna help billions of people. Mm -hmm. And so people are like, how you gonna do that? I don't know. Cause Mm -hmm. he don't ever tell me how. But that, so that's my assignment. So that's, that's what's driving me now. And the fact that I have confirmation that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. It looks crazy to people. It sounds crazy to people, but I know that like, I feel it in my gut. Like, no, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And so that, that's what's driving me now is to make sure I have impact of significance that Whenever I leave someone that comes into my presence, they feel better. They think mm-hmm. different. They are going to be a better version of themselves. So I love that. I feel like you said a lot um, that was like super important. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, you said you took like a month to be still, right? To figure out what you were going to do next. And I feel like a lot of times, like even with me, like when somebody gives me a fix, like, oh, just do this. I'm like, okay, I did it for like five minutes and it's not working. Like (laughs) I need results. But to recognize that like when you know that you know the tools, but they're not working as fast as you want them to and to be consistent with it. I feel like that's you going through that. And then you had mentioned you have a mentor. So having someone to look up to you and lead you through that, can you talk more about like, how somebody can go about getting a mentor or what that looks like? Yes. So one of the key things is if you see behind me, it's my library. Mm -hmm. And so one of the key things is that um, before I actually met one of my mentors, I, one, didn't even have his book, but I had him on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. And so I listened to him every morning. I was like, okay, because it it was like life, again, during that time, that one period of life with my sister, I I was like, what is happening? I needed to hear. And I heard someone's voice. And I was like, who is this? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I need to hear this more. So one, I tell people that you may look up to someone, you may, they may have a lot of information and you're like, they seem so far away, but they're really not. So you start with online. You start tuning in to the free. You start tuning into the videos, the content. Hell, even my content, like I have people, they're like, I watch all your lives. I went Mm -hmm. back and watched all your videos. 
then you get a book. You read that book and it's so much value because it's still that person's voice lessons and everything. Mm -hmm. And then if they are in proximity or if they're not, we're, we're in 2022. I DM everybody. <laughs> I DM everybody. And so you never know who may DM you back and say, hey, this is how you can connect with me. Mm -hmm. So reach out. Don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be afraid or feel like, um, you know, I don't know what they're going to say. If you feel like you're going to reach out to someone and they're going to say something crazy to you, then that's not the person for you anyway. Exactly. That's not the person. So um, I always feel, and so that's how you can get a mentor. And then serve, 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 serve. I am a servant leader and a lot of connections and ways that I've gotten into different rooms is because I served my way through. It's not always about receiving. It's also about giving. Yeah. So sometimes I volunteer a lot. Um, I, some conferences before I can even, I'm like, how much? Okay, <laughs> need help. Like, I, I, hey, how can I help? You know, so I remember I, I, like it was a conference in Vegas and I just happened to be like, what is going on here? I just kept seeing these people and I'm like, what's happening here? And I, and the person, they actually, they were like struggling. I'm like, do you need help? So I started helping them bring stuff in and they're like, do you want to stay? Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> and I stayed and I'm glad I stayed because I was like, oh my God, this is like, it was mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And so I spent the whole day at this conference in Vegas which I had nothing really else planned, but like to walk the strip. But that, but because I, I inquired and I offered my assistance, it led me into there. And then it, it led me a connection. And then from there, you know, it was like, hey, whenever we, you know, I was like, well, I don't live in Vegas, but when they came to Atlanta, hey, you're in town? Yes, I can come help. I came, I put on the merch and I helped and I mm -hmm. served. And guess what? I got to get the information that I needed. And so sometimes people overlook that you got to give to receive. And so, but get you, it's, it's vital to have you a mentor or a coach. It, you can't do it alone. You just can't, it's not going to work. And so. Yeah, you're totally right on that one. I don't think any of us would be here without a mentor, you know, right? because we're learning from them you know, everything that they've been through or somebody that they know has taught them. So they're teaching us now to get through right. what we need to get through. Um, so, I mean, man, I mean, just everything <laughs> we've been hearing it's today. It's so <laughs> I mean, you have ups, downs a lot and it's like mind blowing to see how you're here right now. Right. And the question that I'm going to ask is, is what does, success mean to you like i mean you've done all this right and what is that and been successful and been successful yeah. yeah but what does that that word success mean to you out of doing all of this so i always tell people the word success is subjective it's subjective because some people think you know they look on tv and on social media and they're like oh that person's so successful because they see like these mansions and cars mm -hmm. and and to me, that's not success to me. Um, that's just, you bought a product. That's, that's something tangible that you acquired. Um, so success to me is fulfillment, to be fulfilled. And so I um, held so many titles that when I get asked that question, they're like, oh, but you're a master sergeant and you're an entrepreneur and you're this and you're that. The one thing is that I am successful, the most proud of is being a mom. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is like success. Like I'm like, yeah, I did that. You know, I'm very humble of all the things I've done, but success to me is true fulfillment and satisfaction. Cause you can go and, you know, make a lot of money, but you be depressed at home because you didn't have the impact. You didn't, you didn't so for me, I like to see the transformation. I like to see the impact. I like to know that I made a difference. And so I always tell people, I'd rather have five clients than to have 5,000. 
because mm-hmm. if those five clients, if I truly impacted their lives, that mm-hmm. mean much more to me than to have 5,000 that barely know me or I barely can, you know, reach or talk to. And it's like, I sprinkled on them where I rather pour into someone. Mm-hmm. So success, so so kind of answer your question. I'm trying to think of like a, a tagline. <laughs> Success to me is having satisfaction in the work you do where you're truly fulfilled inside, not on the outside. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know there's so much more that we could talk about and we're probably just going to have to bring you back on and like pick a topic just to like go (laughs) in on it and go deep. But um, before we end, I just definitely want to ask you, is there any like one particular takeaway that you want listeners to have um, from hearing you today? Um, The one takeaway that I would say is that I want people to understand that no matter what they want to do, no matter what they're doing is that one, they start within start putting yourself first in every aspect of your life and then when you shift your mindset your life will shift and everything that you will do going forward will be a success mm-hmm. okay. i love it i love it so nat how can anybody reach you or you know follow you where what's your uh, instagram name so all so everything is I am Nat Martin. I A M N A T M A R T I N. So that's on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, what else? Website, YouTube, all of it. It's I am Nat Martin. So made it very simple. The brand, I'm always on brand. So I am Nat Martin is how everyone can reach me. Perfect. Perfect. And then, of course, at the end of all of our sessions, we want to ask one question, and that's just you're walking into a coffee shop. What are you going to order? So for me, because I don't drink coffee, (laughs) I'm going to order a tea and a cheese danish. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Can't forget the danish. You got to have a danish. You just got to have it. Perfect. Well, Nat, thank you for being on with us. Everybody go sign up for her book. It will be out soon. Uh, We are so excited. I'm going to be getting me a copy for sure because I'm going to need it. I know for the future, if not now, um, but everybody go check her out. Go follow her. Um, Thank you so much, Nat, for being on with us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having me.